Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Team podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Laura Black and Tor Cardona. Hi, guys. Hi, Ian. Hi. How you doing? Good, thanks. Good. Ready for a new week, I think. Good. I think. <laughs> I think it's quite nice, a new month falling on the Monday. Definitely. Do you know what? I was feeling like I was getting a bit of a cold and I woke up this morning feeling a bit sorry for myself. And then I was like, nope, it's March. The sun is shining. Come on, get up. Let's go for this. The clock's changed. There's some restrictions being lifted. Bit of light at the end of the tunnel today. <laughs> I decided to kickstart the month tour by doing the Barry's workout which has gone live on the Sheerlax Instagram this morning. We're doing a collaboration with Barry's every Monday in March for a 20-minute hit session. So I forgot how... Well, when I say I forgot, I didn't used to be this unfit. (laughs) I wasn't before the pandemic hit, but wow, it was really hard, but in such a good way. It's so good to just have a sweat at the beginning of the day, isn't it? And also, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's only 20 minutes. It's such a shame. But honestly, like, it packs in a lot of activity. Like, you, it feels like 40. I thought he made it look deceivingly easy. Oh, yeah, always. I mean, it was unfair. But he was dying. He was. By the end, he, like, couldn't speak. But no, but I love that he was doing it and getting so into it. I, I just thought it was great. He's such good energy. Yeah. And actually, as I was doing it, I was like, I hate this so much, but I should do this every day because it's actually so easy to fit in 20 minutes, isn't it? So, so cool that we're doing it with them. So for those of you who are listening and worried you missed it, the, uh, the workout is now live on the IGTV um, permanently so everyone can pick it up and it wasn't like it was a live thing that's now been and gone. You can do it anytime. 20 minute lunch break, super easy. And yeah, as, you, as we said, once a week, in March. So I think, I don't know about you guys, but I've got some some fitness um, to regain and some weight to lose before we uh, re-enter <laughs> the normal world. So Mar- March, I think, is a good time for that. Um, what's everyone up to? Laura, you've only got, by the time this podcast goes live, you'll have one more day of homeschooling. Oh my God, I just, uh, there are no words. I just can't fucking wait until next Monday. And actually, I had an email today that's saying that one of my daughters, for some reason or other, all her Zoom lessons are not happening today. And the, the sense of relief was just like, I mean, sod the education. I'm like, thank <laughs> God I don't have to juggle that for a day. We're nearly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what has everybody been watching, listening to? Has anyone got any new recommendations at all? So I probably think I'm very late to the party, but I need to talk about This Is Us. So it, it's been going for a long time. It's, I think it's got five series now. It's on Amazon Prime. They call it a drama comedy. And this is no spoilers. In the first episode, Mandy Moore is the mum and she's pregnant with triplets and she goes into labour and she has two of them, but one of them really sadly dies. And on that same day, someone leaves, I mean, the most adorable little baby outside a fire station. Someone takes it to the hospital. Anyway, they end up adopting this son as their third baby. The five series is essentially the relationships between them and kind of through the generations and it kind of flicks between time and it's just amazing. So all my friends love it. I might have said said this in the context of this before, but 
for me, I know it's a massive weepy, right? Like all anyone ever says about this is us is that they cry so much in every episode. And I just can't put myself through that. Like I can't sit down to watch something that I know is going to make me sob. Oh, I haven't cried yet, actually. You're the only person I've mm. ever heard say that. It's, it's very emotional, though. Like it's very emotional. It's such a good drama. But like every episode is just so different. Tor, do you get enough from like season one? When I hear that something's got five seasons, it kind of puts me off a bit. I'm like, okay, yeah. right, I'm really going in here. You want to keep going? I'm only on episode 13 of season one. I think I've got about like five or six more. But no, I can't imagine like you'd have to stick with the five series. Like there's a lot going on, a lot of stuff. Okay. I'm late to the party, I know, so I won't dwell on it. But I just finished watching It's a Sin. And I kind of loved, because I'm always so late watching things when everyone else watched it. I love that I could just do it in five hours and it was all over and I could join yeah. in with the conversation. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. Uh, Tor, I've always thought This Is Us is in like the Grey's Anatomy camp, which obviously you're a massive fan of as well. Is it a similar vibe? Similar vibe. And you know what it is as well? It's the music, that kind of like just a really good soundtrack, really intense kind of drama-y things happen every episode. Yeah, it is a bit like Grey's Anatomy actually, minus the hospital setting. <laughs> also, I've been watching White House Farm. Has anyone seen that? Oh, no, what is that? Oh, it's really good. It's a true story. Um, and actually, I was talking to my mum, and she was like, oh, yeah, I remember that being in the news. It happened, like, back in the 80s, early 80s, um, in Essex, a massive kind of, like, family home. And the parents and their daughter and her two sons are found dead in this farm. I think it was originally on ITV, and now it's on Netflix. It's, like, five or six parts, basically, and it kind of just, yeah, goes through goes through the crime. I was going to Google it to find out some more information to tell you, but I'm too scared to Google it because I know it's going to tell me what the outcome is. So, so it's, it's true crime. It's a documentary. True crime documentary, yeah. Is it juicy? Yeah, it's really good. I really recommend. Okay. Tor, I started um, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is another true crime and what story, did you think? Um, on Netflix. Well, so I watched the first two episodes. So for those who don't know, it's about a hotel in downtown LA on Skid Row, which is like one of the dodgiest areas basically in the whole of the Western world and the whole of North America. It's about a young girl from Canada who went traveling by herself, stayed at the hotel and subsequently went missing. And it's an investigation into her disappearance and also the kind of crazy goings on at this hotel where basically there were murders after murders, deaths after deaths and all kinds of crazy stories. But it almost freaked me out too much. It's so real and Mm. so like chilling. Basically the whole investigation into this girl's death is anchored on some footage of her in a lift and she's behaving so strangely it's this four minute video clip that basically at the time went viral it's like she's been possessed by a demon or something it's all so weird but also my biggest thing with that is that ben annoyingly googled it but found that there was no conclusion you didn't find out at the end uh. i know who did it so therefore i actually just didn't bother finishing it because i if i'm watching that kind of thing i need to find out at the end what actually happened totally agree sorry for the spoiler alert on the Cecil Hotel but it's again not really a huge spoiler because you could just find out I watched the first kind of like half an hour and I perhaps I wasn't in the mood I couldn't get into it I think my problem with Netflix is that when it gives you that little like preview at the beginning and you think oh my god this is so good and suddenly you realize that was the whole series and actually that those were all the good bits and actually the crap the series is crap I feel like movie trailers do that more and more these days as well. We're literally mm. watch the trailer and be like, right, well, I've seen the film now. So I know. That's that. Anything new to recommend, Laura? I haven't been watching anything, but I have been listening to um, a podcast with Mo Gaudat, who I think I've spoken about before on here. I first listened to him um, on Elizabeth Day. But he works for Google X, I think it is. Isn't he like their chief of happiness or something? Yeah. So he lost his son when his son was 21. 
he basically then turned to trying to find happiness again and I just absolutely love the man but he's launched a podcast called Slow Mo which I've only just found out and it's been going on a while so I've got loads to catch up on but he speaks to amazing people therapists monks it could be about juggling things as a mom it could be a managerial skill at work it could be dealing with grief whenever I'm feeling a bit flat and feel like I need to shake it off I go for a walk with him in my ears and I always come back feeling much more measured than okay right I can you know do this I feel like he gives me tools for everyday life so I highly recommend it it's called slow-mo I listen to so many like wellnessy podcasts and it's so rare to find someone who's got like a unique voice. And yeah. when I find that, I'm like, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing because so many of them do sound the same. They're saying the same things and it's just a bit kind of like a bit non, but that sounds really good, Laura, like a yeah. bit different. The one I listened to yesterday, he was speaking to a monk and he was asking him about how he's handled you know, lockdown and the coronavirus. And he was like, you know, the thing is with lockdown, it's all in the marketing, you know, they've got the marketing wrong for it. If, if somebody came and told you that to the busy, overtired population that they could have how many months being at home, slowing down, watching a bit more, reading a few more books, you know, it, people would approach it with a different attitude. And I thought, well, that is so mm. true. You know, we all go like, oh, lockdown, we're shutting our houses, we can't do anything. We're always looking at what we can't have rather than actually, God, how nice to be able to have a little bit more time. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling a bit like now I know it's going to end. I'm feeling a bit like, oh, I quite like it. I quite yeah. like it. I don't know, I'm quite happy at home. Like, obviously, there are certain things I'd love back, but I don't think I want my whole old life back. No, you know, yes, the light is at the end of the tunnel, but like, I feel like I'm in a very negative mindset at the moment. I don't want to dwell on this, but like, yeah, yeah. we've had to put our wedding for a third time. And after a year of disappointment, I just, I really don't think that on the 21st of June, things are not just going to like buzz back to normal. No. You know, if you want a weekend at home, you know, you can have a weekend at home. Things aren't just going to like go from not to 100. I, I yeah, don't yeah. think. I don't think. I'm sure you're right. And also, anyway, June is still four months away. There's been a lot of excitement over exactly. June. Exactly. Quite a while away. Well, I've got something else to recommend. For the time that we remain in lockdown, this is the new Billie Eilish documentary. It's called Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, and it's on Apple TV. Apparently there was a massive bidding war. I think she did rather well out of this documentary. It basically follows the story of Billie Eilish. I mean, I assume everybody knows who she is. And it's kind of her rise to fame from a certain point. It's basically the production and the release of her first album and kind of yeah how she grew over that year so from the point at which she's kind of gigging and she's got this quite hardcore set of fans but she's got like a million instagram followers through to her coachella performance and writing the theme tune for james bond so that kind of really you know intense rise i guess to fame i'm not a huge billy eilish fan i kind of know her mainstream songs and that's about it but i love a celebrity fly on the wall documentary and We've been treated to, to quite a few from huge superstars, I guess, haven't we, over the last few years. That Taylor Swift one in particular comes to mind. And this was easily the best I've seen. It's quite obvious from the documentary that she micromanages every single little bit of her public persona. So I'm sure that was also the case with this documentary, but it feels incredibly raw, incredibly vulnerable and really honest. It doesn't feel like a kind of PR activity in the way that I think Taylor Swift did, even though I loved it. And she's A, unbelievably talented. Like her and her brother Phineas write all their music together. He's her producer. And there's something so special about watching two 
really young people, she's 17 over the course of this year, sit down in their bedroom and just create absolute magic. There are meetings with production agencies and with record labels like on their bed where they're playing them songs and it's such a family operation. Her parents are above and beyond the best celebrity parents I've ever seen in any documentary. I mean, I'll reference the Britney Spears one in a second, but we know that often parents of young megastars can have ulterior motives or their own motivations and her parents just seem like really adoring, supportive incredible people who are kind of there with her every step of the way. She suffers from depression and anxiety. I think that's pretty obvious through her music. All of this to say, basically, I just think she's the most incredible role model. She is so honest. It's not about her looks, her appearance, putting on an act, putting on a front. It's all about being like, hey, I'm a teenager. Being a teenager is tough. This is what I'm going through. And here's that for you to digest. And I just thought it was incredible. I'm obviously not at that stage of life, but it was just so refreshing to see somebody young like that put out such a different message and one that feels really relevant to this time as well, I guess. The darker side of it is, for those who've watched the Britney documentary, you can see that nothing's really changed in... We watch that Britney doc and think, oh my God, this is insane. Like, the things that that young girl was put through. And there are glimpses of that we're talking 15, 20 years later for Billie Eilish. Like, obviously, Lesser, as I say, she's really well protected by her parents. There's less footage, anyway, of her being hounded by paparazzi. I don't know if that happens to her to that same extent. But it does make you wonder what that level of fame can do to somebody so young. I mean, she mm. is a megastar. It's Justin Bieber, One Direction levels of fandom that you see. Yeah, she was on but the I front really of Vogue, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. And, at and the time, I remember... I was being yeah. like you were like this is really cool and I remember being like really is it no I think I, I was really critical it. of it like and I think it's cool that she was on the cover and I think it's really cool that somebody can be that famous and, and be that successful just from kind of having these raw materials at home and you know and just and just pure talent right she's not some kind of manufactured tweeny bopper thing but yeah I was like this isn't fashion I mean I still kind of think that I still kind of think she's not really a fashion icon but I just think it's really cool that there's a role model out there for young girls who don't all want to look like Ariana Grande I so Definitely. agree I just want to recommend a podcast as well, really quickly, called The Food Chain. Um, this is not new, um, but it's new to me. It's available only on BBC Sounds. It's part of the BBC World Service. And it's basically a documentary series about a million different things relating to food. My favourite of which is a regular series within this podcast where they ask five chefs um, or significant players in the food industry. It's kind of like Desert Island Discs, but for food. So I listened yesterday to Otto Lenghi and to Nigella Lawson talk about the five dishes that have defined their lives. Um, but also, you know, much like with Desert Island Discs, they kind of talk through their lives, but it's all kind of food related. So that was real heaven. I also listened to a crazy one called The Arctic Eating Adventure, which was an interview with a family in which the mother is a documentary maker. They live in really, really rural Canada. And she's basically put them through some kind of crazy life experiments in order to create documentaries about them. One of which was she banned her entire family for a full year from eating any produce that wasn't grown within a 250 kilometer radius of their property. I mean, that's everything. That's milk, sugar, salt, I mean, literally everything. And she talks about how they did it and the effects of it on their family. That's quite a big radius. I think it would be in certain places, but they live in really northern, cold country Canada. So like salt, for example, wasn't available. Sugar wasn't available. They had to get really creative with plants, trees, extracting things, tapping things. I mean, it's really extreme. Tor, Mm. I think you'd be all over this. So there is a documentary. It's called First We Eat. Her name is Dr. Suzanne Crocker. And the name of the podcast is The Food Chain. And as I say, there's a whole load of 
different foodie topics. Speaking of food, I am looking for some fresh foodie inspo. Well, I had a bit of a cooking break. We had some birthdays in this household. So now I feel very ready to get back on the cooking train. Can we talk um, about your birthday for a minute? We, we can. We can. How was it, Charlotte? It was Big 3-0. Thank you. I think because I had like the lowest expectations ever... I had a really lovely day in the end. People kept saying to me before, are you excited? And I was like, what could I possibly be excited about? Like, we're not doing anything. I think in real life, you know, for a big birthday, people would like send you a message and then you'd have a, a, you'd have a dinner or whatever or a party. So people would like bring your gift. That's kind of it. Do you know what I mean? But because of lockdown, I think people make so much more effort. I was just floored by how lovely everybody was. Like my house was literally like a bakery florist for days it was just pretty indulgent goodies didn't you oh my god i can't even talk about it we had to purge the house this weekend and because (laughs) ben's birthday is so close to mine the house had felt very overwhelmed with birthday things there's been a lot of balloons floating around this house for a while it felt really good this weekend to actually get rid of all the cake and all the balloons and feel a little bit back to normal but yeah i really i felt very spoiled and very loved which i guess is all you can ask for yeah honestly i think a turning 30 was like the best time ever and B, lockdown birthdays are the best. As you say, everyone just doubles the effort and actually they totally. are so fun. I'm like, so I think- surprised. Yeah. Let's keep that going forward, please. Yeah, so true. But yeah, I've been I've been very excited for the age, actually, more so than the birthday. So yeah, I feel... Yeah, 30s are fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, as I was saying... Cooking's taken a lull, um, but I'm back on the cooking train and I wanted to know if you guys have been cooking anything good recently. Laura? I love Asian food, so I do a lot with noodles and, you know, rice. I make a lot of soupy noodles and I'm big into, I think, um, on one of the things I love on Instagram, I did a Blue Dragon ramen kit, which is amazing. But since then, the best thing for ramen is those miso sachets. Oh, 100%. She's, oh, my God. I just can't get enough of them. I just drink them. Just put some noodles and veg in, and yeah. it's like instant food and so I've, delicious. I've got the clear spring ones, I think, and they're, t- I think they're turmeric and ginger at the moment, and they're so good. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll really try nice. those. Yeah, exactly um, I think that. my ones are the Itsu ones at the moment. Mm. So we eat a lot of that. The other thing that we've eaten quite a bit of is getting those little pots of fresh crap from the supermarket and making crab linguine. It's a bit more indulgent, but nice thing to look forward to towards Mm. the end of the week. This weekend, actually, we didn't cook. I'm at the moment bubbling with my mum. She's on her own. And the caterers we had for our wedding are based around the corner. And they're doing those takeaway boxes where you cook it at home. And God, it was so nice to eat something different that wasn't, as I said, one of my regulars. So we had like fish tacos and steak and like that you can't get loads of takeaways where we are so it was really nice to have oh and how nice it was your wedding caterer that's so lovely yeah Yeah. it was really nice and also really nice to lay the table properly have a proper drink you know I feel like the longer lockdown's gone on the more lazy we've become at that side of things so yeah it was really nice 
it's, it's nice to mi- be able to mix it up, isn't it? Tor, what about you? I mean, I feel like all I do is cook at the moment and I'm absolutely loving it. I don't want to lose that when we go back to normal life. Like, mm. I mean, I know we will, but um, <laughs> at the same time, I'm dying to eat at a restaurant. Like, Is that the thing um, you really miss? Honestly, and especially on Saturday when that weather was so good, I was like, all I want to do now... I mean, yes, I would have eaten, but I would have happily just sat in a pub garden all Saturday and drank lots of rosé. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. It was so nice. Yeah. It was I did just... actually sit in the garden and drink rosé on Saturday. Did you? Oh, oh I'm so jealous. No. no. Dream. Definitely not. Oh, heaven. So it's no secret that I love the One Tree series books um but i <laughs> how did i know this would come up <laughs> but i'm not i'm actually not going to talk about that so oh, you know you didn't you didn't think what i was going to say no, i was wrong i've really been trying to go back through my cookbooks because i feel like i've got so many lovely books and i when i want a recipe i just google it i'm like why am i googling it when i've got an amazing bookshelf full of lovely books mm-hmm. so the book i have rediscovered are the hemsley hemsley books and they have got such good ideas in there and some really really great things that's something i've been making on repeat literally like every other week um is their quick doll and it makes the most insane amount and then I just like I kind of portion it up and freeze it so then you have it in your freezer whenever you need it but it's so delicious it uses red lentils loads of ginger garlic onions coriander turmeric coconut milk and it's so simple and it's just so good like, actually Laura I have it with salmon it's really good with salmon yum um, so I love that you can put it in the freezer and yeah I'm also yeah. speedy thing so if you cook it at the weekend and then you can just bring it out midweek exactly it's delicious and actually, they recommend that you, that you serve it with a slaw. And this slaw is like so simple. I now make it all the time. So you literally just get a cabbage, just chop it up, uh, lemon juice, a bit of olive oil, salt and pepper and a bit of fresh coriander. And then the kind of longer you leave it, it kind of not like marinades, but I guess it kind of pulls the liquid out of the cabbage. So it becomes a little bit more like Juicier. juicy slaw. It, it's honestly mm-hmm. so good. And the other recipe that I make are their healthy chicken Kievs, which again, I really recommend. What's healthy about them? The butter element is still there, but you cover them in ground almonds as opposed to bread. Ooh. Mm, I have to say, talking about two of those things you've just said, my husband makes something quite similar, but he does it with turkey breast. He puts, in the breadcrumbs, he puts bouillon, you know, like the... (gasps) Oh my God, I love that stuff. Um, And then he bakes them, so that's kind of like breaded turkey breast. And then Mm. he does it with grated carrot and cabbage, but he doesn't use mayonnaise, he uses yogurt. I really recommend it. Oh, that sounds really good. Mm. And it's healthy, Mm. it's really yummy. I talked about this before, but I keep going back to Otto Lenghi Simple. I ordered Otto Lenghi flavour a few weeks ago like I forgot that simple is called simple for a reason because I forgot that like all his other recipes are actually really complicated like flavor is like quite hardcore there's not a lot in it that I feel that confident about um and lots of ingredients no that's it like it's so many ingredients and it's just a bit intimidating simple on the other hand it does what it says on the tin and last night actually I made the Marbella chicken if you listen to table manners they talk about a lot it's um one of Lenny's favorites but it is basically just like a really sticky date chicken dish it's made with dates and it's actually date molasses but i use pomegranate molasses and white wine and olives and you basically just season the chicken with all of that and cook it for 50 minutes but it was literally so easy that sounds um, so like, good is it sweet though because i don't really know how much i like like so fruit in food it could be for you if you don't like fruit in food because you don't have to eat the dates they're just part and parcel of the kind of jus and the and you know the bait you could just eat the chicken but the dates were the highlight for me like baked dates who knew dates baked in wine and oh my god they were incredible like so sticky 
so indulgent. I'm literally mouth-watering actually thinking about them now. I've got some leftover for lunch, which I'm very excited about. It is a bit of a one-pan dish, which again, you did not expect from Otto Lenghi, and the flavours were incredible, so I really recommend that. But the other thing that I make from this book all the time, it's such a regular, because it's so easy, is the hot charred cherry tomatoes with cold yoghurt, and you basically just mix tomatoes on the vine with lots of delicious things like garlic and thyme and oregano and lemon bake them then stick them under the grill for like five minutes so they become really blistered and then put them on top of greek yogurt mixed with lemon and salt all those incredible juices from the tomato make the yogurt so good it's basically a dish that goes with absolutely everything i had it i was gonna say what do you serve that with i had that with the marbella chicken last night basically i'll always do a kind of smorgasbord of things from the book and basically everything kind of works together because it's all similar flavors and tastes so i really Yum. recommend that for a really easy quick dinner laura you could do it with just some flatbreads or something for lunch as well it's so good Ooh. another recipe that i've discovered having said i wasn't going to google recipes i did find this on bbc good food but it's called a sardinesca and actually laura it's a bit like your crab linguine but it's with sardines which i love i love oily fish and you know they're like the most basic like john west sardines in a tin and the honestly the most simple kind of pasta sauce so you put that with um, loads of fresh tomatoes, tin of tomatoes, a bit of lemon juice and some olives and loads of parsley. Ooh. And then you just stir that through your pasta. And it honestly, it was a revelation. When I made it, I was like, I now know this is going to be one of my like new staples. I get quite particular about my tomato sauce. I, I like to think that I've got a good recipe there. Um, what, so I'll definitely secret? add some of those in. Always a tiny bit of sugar. Mm. I put chipotle in mine, a little mm. dose of chipotle. I found that really helps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so similarly a pasta dish has also become a bit of a staple for us so Jamie Oliver has a recipe online for something called like the most elegant pasta dish ever or something so this is like a riff on that but we take into buying nice fresh pasta and then in a blender just taking a spinach or a Swiss chard or something like that and adding garlic lemon a little bit of basil olive oil salt and pepper and just whizzing mm. it all together and then top and so, it just, it's really garlicky obviously if you put in raw garlic but, but almost um, like a bit of a pesto almost like a pesto but with the base is a green as opposed to the basil and there's no pine nuts and so yeah bits and bobs but um mm. it's so good so easy and you know when you're just it feels like you're just eating like comforting health yeah that sounds so good yeah it really is naturally we are continuing to provide lots of fresh food inspo across Sherlock's so keep your eyes peeled for daily recipes and lots more good ideas okay well we mentioned before that obviously things are reopening again soon we obviously found that out last week so I want to know have you guys booked anything Tor you said you're desperate for restaurants to reopen have you rushed to book things or not you know what? I tried to, but the booking systems weren't open on a couple of places I wanted to go. So I haven't yet. I'm dying to, although I'm not going to go like the day things open up. I'm going to kind of wait a few days to, to let yeah. it all settle down. But no, I haven't actually booked anything yet. Have you? I booked Weston's Laundry, which is part of the Jolene Hackney um, and Prima restaurant group, um, which is all kind of farm to table, fresh producey kind of vibes mostly because i read on instagram that they had an outdoor area and i'm just nervous that outdoor spaces are going to be an absolute premium in that month in between outdoor spaces being allowed to open and restaurants themselves being allowed to open so i'm just booking anywhere that crops up that has an outdoor space when there are tables available because if there's anything we learned from last time when things reopened you have to be super organized there's no such thing as spontaneity anymore is there so yeah i booked there which is on the list but that's actually it it feels a very long time away Hmm. I don't think I can book a restaurant for three months' time. I don't know. That just feels very 
too far advanced. It's very weird putting things back in the diary. I don't know if you guys have had that yet. Yeah, I know. started slowly to organise birthday things and stuff, and it's very strange putting something in my calendar. Yeah, but I haven't booked anything. But I'm I'm quite happy with having just people round to Mm. my garden or whatever it might be. Just seeing some different people, I think, is going to be the highlight for me. Yeah. Um, What about things like beauticians, hairdressers? Have you rushed to book those things yet? I mean, I will be booking as soon as, you know, the doors open. Get me in there. Every single thing that reopens is on a Monday and it's a bit bitchy. Like, did you see that there's been a petition to make the Monday, the 21st of June, a bank holiday for like forevermore? like college I mean, like, like independence like day on the 20th so that would work really well oh my god laura Aww. dream oh that's yeah. so nice you can have some extended birthday celebrations i know that would work really well what about holidays have you guys been brave enough to book flights anywhere yet yeah do you know we have we booked before they released the dates because we just thought prices would go up and just take the risk and see what happens yeah so we've booked um some flights for july and for october and let's where, just see what happens where have you booked we've booked croatia for july and mm. we're gonna hopefully rent a boat for a week so that will hopefully be a bit cool. corona friendly yeah and then for october we're looking at cyprus but haven't booked the hotel so nice dream. oh my god but i'd love to do that in croatia like do all those islands mm. yeah Oh, amazing. You'll just be yeah. nesting in your new house tour. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that, you know what? That is the plan. And once we've got the outdoor space, I'm really happy just to stay there and entertain and kind of have people over for weekends and make that like mini holidays. Well, we should say that if you are looking to book restaurants and fingers crossed and meals with friends from the 12th of April, then we have rounded up all the best outdoor terraces to book. Now there are 21 there, so a little something for everybody. God, I'm just looking through it now. How fun. Look at those roof terraces. Oh, I know. Yes get me there now let's end with a bit of fashion we wrote a story on what to buy from the menswear department i don't know about you guys but i have a husband who is borderline nasty about me (laughs) borrowing his things i mean like really really precious about sharing his clothes i get it i do get fake tan on absolutely everything so that's probably why but (laughs) i just want to know do you steal things from your husbands or do you shop from the menswear departments yourselves Laura? Well, I'm five foot one, so it's not a natural <laughs> place for me to go to because it's a shirt starts to look like a dress. I love the look on other people and I love nothing more than borrowing my husband's jumper and kind of getting cozy in it. But as for dressing it up and like Georgie's stolen a couple of Jonesy shirts to go on the show and things like that and makes it look amazing. You know, my husband's over six foot and that doesn't really work. Maxi dress. Exactly. So that doesn't really work for me. But I love the look on others. And if I'm borrowing his jumper, it's more of a comfort thing and to feel cozy rather than me trying to create a stylish look. Got you mm. taught. What about you? Yeah, I have to say I'm I'm kind of the same. I'm probably more likely to buy from the menswear department as I am to borrow from my other half. Like I do love those Uniqlo t-shirts, just the really plain crew neck, and they are so good. I, I sometimes feel the fit is better. I've got a really long upper body compared to my legs, and I sometimes find the fit is better than the kind of standard women's t-shirt. But that's mm-hmm. kind of it. And I know in that feature we spoke about boxes, but do you wear boxes, Charlotte? Yes, that was going to be my the thing that I I'm thought you might. About. I thought you might. So my problem with boxes is I think it's completely unacceptable for a woman to wear a pair of boxes that has a flap. Like, that's that's really weird. Like, that's basically like wearing crotchless underwear to walk around in, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. I think if you're going to wear 
boxes they have to look like shorts personally i don't think anyone should be borrowing their husband's boxes and walking around out and about with anything that kind of looks yeah like something could be poking out of it i'm sorry to state the obvious here but are you are you wearing the boxes like for pajamas for pants out the house yeah like shorts there's been a bit of a trend over the last year for for a kind of matching poplin look with a oversized shirt on top and then the boxer kind of look on bottom shorts can be quite tricky it's actually a really flattering shorts shape if you're yeah if you've got a slightly bigger bum or slightly bigger thighs it will kind of cut you in a good way and if you want to do shorts but you find you know denim particularly unflattering um or a longer short unflattering then actually you'll probably be quite surprised by how good you look in a pair of guys boxes because they have that slightly more balloon skirt like shape i guess and outerwear is day wear i mean how cool over a swimsuit with a big oversized I was shirt say, i can see it on the beach yeah. I can see it kind of going to like the beach shack for lunch, walking down Oxford Street. Can't can't really see that. I guess it depends how you wear it. I think if you know, let's say you had like a navy pair or a blue striped pair and you wore it with like a white t shirt and a really oversized navy blazer and some flats. Yeah, actually true. really cool. Okay. So I think yeah, I think it depends how you wear it, but my advice would be nothing see through, nothing too short and nothing with a flap. No no flaps, That's yeah. Tip. No flaps, yeah. <laughs> That's if you take nothing else away from this podcast. Make it that. <laughs> My problem with Ben's clothes also is that Ben wears a small in men's clothes. So therefore, actually, you can see I'm wearing a shirt today, but this is a women's really oversized shirt. And that's how I would like my men's clothes to fit. But his don't feel like that on me they're actually just a bit slim so yeah yeah not not a great look but um my dad's wardrobe on the other hand there's an aquascutum trench there that I absolutely mm. have my eyes on one day <laughs> um all right well for more advice on what to buy from the menswear department and our favorite picks from various men's stores right now uh, then do you have a look at the feature on the site i think that's just about it for today thanks laura thanks tour if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at sheerlux.com we love hearing from you don't forget also to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye-bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.